This is Ready to Real Estate, a TREB podcast. Each month, we interview experts in the field, discuss the data, and explore all facets of the housing market. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or a seasoned real estate professional, you will benefit from our insightful conversations and gain property intelligence as we discover more about the key issues shaping our industry. Now here's our host, Jason Mercer. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ready to Real Estate. I'm your host, Jason Mercer, TREB's Chief Market Analyst. My guest today calls himself a brand hysteria expert, and it's no exaggeration. Johnny Cupcakes Earl grew his business selling t-shirts from the back of a car into a multi-million dollar, highly exclusive t-shirt brand with a worldwide cult-like following. He's been named America's number one young entrepreneur by Business Week and top innovator in retail by the Boston Globe. Through his keynote talks and creative consulting, Johnny now shares his business and marketing strategies with clients that include Apple, L'Oreal, Disney, IBM, Audi, and Harvard. And I'm pleased that he's now sharing some of his wisdom about building brand loyalty with us at Treb. Thanks for joining me today on the show, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Maybe just to jump in, for our listeners who haven't visited one of your Johnny Cupcake stores, could you describe the experience of walking into what you've called the the world's first t-shirt bakery? Yeah, so I am not a bakery. I am a clothing brand and um, primarily graphic t-shirts, but my retail store, it looks and smells like a vintage bakery. Um, you walk inside, you go through a ginormous uh, vintage oven that secretly opens up and you walk in the store and there's neon signs. It smells like frosting. We are displaying uh, food themed T-shirt designs inside of industrial refrigerators. And then when you buy a T-shirt, we package them up in lunch boxes and we pull them out of an oven and smoke shoots everywhere. So it it does feel like you're in a Willy Wonka type movie and and uh, I, I want our customers to kind of forget about the world for the 10, 20, 30 minutes they're in our store and be fully immersed and be inspired and motivated. And, uh, and I want them to feel like a kid again. It's a t-shirt amusement park almost. Seems it, it is. Yep. Yep. Uh, you're, a, you're a gadget guy. I think we were talking before we started recording today about your uh, some of your analog music equipment or what have you. I'd be interested to know just how do you pipe that smell into the store and, and get people to, that that experience? Yeah, we, uh, you know, I used to, I used to cram vanilla scented car fresheners uh, inside of the HVAC vents. And a friend of mine was like, Johnny, how did you, you know, how'd you get the store to smell like that? And I told him, I was like, I, I mix vanilla frosting with the white paint. And if you lick the wall, you could taste frosting a little bit. And he said, really? I said, yeah. He said, really? I said, yeah. So my friend Boris actually licked the wall and um, thought he was going to taste it. And when he didn't taste it, I said, oh, I'm sorry. It's actually on the other wall over here and here. So I, I got about four licks out of him. And if I could go back in time, I totally would have put hot sauce or something on the wall to mess with him. But um <laughs> But yeah, it is now we use these um, these little machines that that puff whatever essence, whatever oils we put in there, and it's usually vanilla uh, frosting since that's the the more notable cake um, smell. 
That's pretty cool. But it, it took you a while to get obviously to, to where you are today. In fact, you know, you started 16 businesses, is my understanding, before the age of 16. And, and Johnny Cupcakes really started shortly after you got out of high school. And, and but it was Johnny Cupcakes that, that took off. So maybe you know, give us a sense what was different about that venture and, and obviously getting to where it was today versus some of your earlier uh, um, you know, companies or, or ventures that you entered into. And so why was this one so wildly successful? Well, I think the most important thing was trial and error. I tried so many things and they did not work out. But even though I failed at those 16 different businesses, I learned something from every one of them. And I was able to use that as motivation to keep going. Um, but with the Johnny Cupcakes brand, you know, it connected with more people. I made more time for it. I learned the more I put in, the more I got back. And it was truly the most unique business that I had ever started. It, it, it was, um, it, it was perfect. It, it meshed together two things that I loved. I love pranking people and I love making people happy. And I can now trick hungry people into going into my fake bakery and, um, yeah, but more than anything, it's the attention to details, the packaging, the storytelling, the retail environment, um, the way we approach our customers, the organizations that we, you know, that we support. Um, all of those details add into to our brand identity, and it, you know, it, it feels it feels great. I'll show you something. I don't normally have it on me, but uh, sometimes when people buy on our website, we not all the time, but sometimes we ship our products out in these ovens. So the, the box has four burners on top. It's got uh, fake cockroaches inside, fake fire, um, lots of fun messaging. And yeah, if, if you have the opportunity to be creative, you got to take that opportunity because anybody can sell a t-shirt. Anybody can sell a home or commercial property. So you know, what can we do to stand out? Um, share those goofy photos when you were a kid with the funny haircuts, put those on your website, redesign your website. If you have an outdated website and an outdated business card, people might think that your service and your knowledge is also outdated. Um, if you are making a good percentage off of, you know, properties that you sell, um, you could take a fraction of that, you know, and, and redesign your website or update it. Um, there's a lot of things you could do. And I, I love, I have a friend who's a realtor and she has been killing it on social media. And I love seeing the video she posts and she's on the site and, and it inspires me to you know even be better with, with what I'm doing. But, um, there's a lot of room for improvement and a lot of room to, to make it fun and personal, um, even the gift that you follow up with clients with, it, if they're buying an expensive home or property, you know, you shouldn't just give them a card or a keychain. But um, I mentioned this at my talk, Hillary, who's a close friend of ours, and she sold us our home. She gave us one of those solo stoves, which is a, it's a giant fire pit. And yeah, every time we use it goes it. on your patio, right? Yeah, every time we use it, we've got friends over, and her name comes up in conversation because they're like, "Where'd you get this?" And I'm like, "Our realtor gave it to us." Can and they're like, "Oh, tell us about her. Was it great working with her?" And it just brings her up in a positive way every time we use it. But um, but yeah, lots of fun stuff that everyone can do. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. And it makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, you showed me your your cardboard oven, you know, shipping container, and, and it just looks neat. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it, it's a conversation starter on its own. I wish a lot of people have those, you know, still sitting around their house, even though, you know, their main point of visiting your website or going into your yeah. store was to order, you know, the 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 t-shirt and, and and related merchandise. But from your perspective, maybe the most important thing is that that shipping container that that's a conversation starter around their house and people ask it questions. It does. It turns into a, a little billboard. And you know, I understand my business is different from you know a lot of the members, but I at the end of the day, we we are we need to get new customers and we need to be people people and we need to be creative and those three things um, can translate through everything that we do like maybe you're not making shirts but maybe you are you want to get some cool funky folders made that you're putting some of your properties in or your documents in or you're printing on a different type of paper or you're using foil or your business card really stands out maybe you're hosting an event or a networking event once a month and you get sponsors and your office is making money off of the sponsors and you're getting a lot of this new um, inbound traffic from the people that are going to your monthly wine and cheese and acoustic music event that you put on for your community um, and then there can also be a you know a charity element a, a, a give back element to that too um, so it doesn't have to be stale. It doesn't have to be reach out, reach out, get rejection, but there can be um, a community aspect to it that, that makes work fun. And when it's fun, it's inspiring and it makes, it makes you motivated to go to work every day. I think that makes a lot of sense. And it's, you know, it's almost like a virtuous circle you're talking about uh, uh, creating. Like, you know, Johnny sells t-shirts, but he also has all this other cool stuff that 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 makes me think that I'd, I'd rather get something from Johnny than than than, than somewhere else. And I, I think that that comes through and with the fact that you have thousands of loyal customers and some of them even tattooed your logo on their on their bodies, which is certainly a conversation starter unto itself. And and hundreds are lining up outside your store when you have a new product, et cetera, et cetera. I, like maybe go into a little bit more detail in terms of how you've created that loyalty. Yeah, I think for creating that loyalty with customers that they would get the logo tattooed on them of our brand, it, it's it's really making time for the people who make time for you. I, I said it in my presentation, if, if you want brand loyalty, you want customer loyalty, you have to be loyal to your customers. And um, you know, I took two weeks off from work once to work and I wrote handwritten notes, hand typed notes, um, hand signed notes to every uh, top purchasing customer, people who spent the most or and also customers I hadn't seen in a while. And then I also sprinkled in some new customers. I didn't just send them a thank you card, but I said, oh, my God, you're from Long Island, New York. Did you know that that's where you know, uh, Busta Rhymes, Rakim and MF Doom are from, and they're some of the best rappers. And you know, the best delis in the world are from there. And and I went on and on. And and um, at the end of it, I wrote, oh, by the way, thanks for supporting my brand. You know, much love, Johnny Cupcakes. I, I put that note in a fluorescent pink envelope with a Batman or Wonder Woman postage stamp and a Johnny Cupcakes wax seal on the back of it. Things that didn't cost much money. I got a wax seal thing off of Etsy for like 40 bucks and um, 
And when people got these in the mail, it felt like it was their birthday. And yeah, we, we have a lot of diehard customers that collect the t-shirts, hundreds of t-shirts. And some of them, unfortunately, do not want other people to know about the brand. It's kind of like when your favorite band gets bigger and you're like, I knew them when they were little. And, and But we had a diehard customer post a photo of that letter I sent. And he said, I don't care if Johnny Cupcake sells out to Walmart, I'm going to be a customer for life. Thank you so much for this personal touch, Johnny, you know, appreciate it. And when I send those things out, it's not even for marketing, even though it has that marketing effect, that word of mouth marketing. It's, um, it's just the way that my parents raised me, you know, thank the people who are supporting you and, and who've helped you along the way. So, um, that stuff is easy. It's almost free to do um, very little money to just thank your clients in a unique way, uh, a more thoughtful way. Um, you know, I, I know at the end of the day, we kind of sometimes want to see how many emails we could get out and how many reach outs we can do. But in my experience, I've found that it's more powerful to reach out to 20 people in one day with a personal approach than 200 or 2000 people with the same blank email blast. Uh, both are important, but uh, the more personal you can make something, the better. Yeah, I think, you know, just, just sort of thinking about when you build loyalty, it also puts pressure back on you, doesn't it? To, to keep sort of, to keep that loyalty in check and to, to see people yeah. continuing to, you know, come back to your stores, come back to your, 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 your website. And you say on your site, I don't sell merchandise. I sell memories and, and merchandise is the, is the byproduct. And I think that gets back to what you were just describing that, you know, you can kind of reach out and have that personal touch with a small number of people. Um, and then they tell their friends and they tell their friends, friends and it keeps them sort of coming back and, and seeing what's new at Johnny's, et cetera. Yeah, it, it's definitely a big help. I was uh, given a keynote talk a couple days ago in Las Vegas for the jewelry industry. And I, I was like, you know what, if I'm on, if I'm already out here for this talk, maybe I should do a meetup for my customers. So a uh, few hours after my talk, I went to a local bakery and they were fans of the brand and we gave out free cupcakes to any Johnny Cupcakes customer that came by with their shirt on. And we just hung out for a couple hours and, and we did a pop-up shop and uh, brought a special edition t-shirt out there. And it was so cool hearing everybody's stories and how they got into the brand and who they met through the brand. And it uh, it's like a little family. And I like to, I like to call it T harmony instead of E harmony. A lot of people meet each other through these t-shirts and it's been, um, it's been a remarkable thing to see. And it is a lot of pressure though, because I don't want to spoil the brand for anybody. I don't want to make a mistake, but at the same time, I still need to grow and do big things. So I try to find a balance. So sometimes we make more shirts than we used to, but we also have a secret menu in my store in Boston on Newbury Street. And when you're checking out for your shirts, our staff will, our team will let you roll these Johnny Cupcakes dice. And if the dice land on a cupcake, 
then you get access to our secret menu that has very limited edition t-shirts on there. And those designs rotate every few months and they're not always available to the public. Um, so yeah, finding a way to appeal to everyone. And then we have our tourists that always come in and that's most of our customers for the Boston store. Um, so we try to always have t-shirt designs and greeting cards available that have a Boston theme to it. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I still, I'm still learning. I don't have it all figured out. I did not study this. I fail every day. Um, but again, my failures, my, my $10,000 mistakes inspire my $100,000 ideas. And it's just keeping that, keeping that fire inside of you. And, um, you can get that inspiration through, tuning into a podcast like this or, you know, or being a part of a cool organization like yours or, um, or getting coffee with some people that you're connected with on LinkedIn that, that you might not normally reach out to. Um, so inspiration is all around us. We just have to make time to, to find it and to kind of tuck away some of the distractions. And, and um, like I learned when I was starting, the more that you put in, the more you get back. But also your, uh, everyone's definition of success is different. And I've also learned that our definitions of success can change. It's okay if it changes weekly, monthly, um, even daily. My definition of success when I was younger was, you know, how many stores can I have? And that's what everyone would always ask me. When are you opening a new store? When are you opening a new store? And now that I'm married and I have kids, I really don't like leaving my house. I yeah. just want <laughs> one store. Sometimes I want no store, but you know, you can be a hot seller on the market. You could be moving tons. You could be missing your lunch every day because you're showing properties. But next year, that's okay if you decide that you want to sell less or sell more or do something different or or juggle a couple things. But you know, you have one life to live, and and it's up to you how how you want to do that. And there's those different parts of our journeys where we want to um, eat, sleep and breathe work. And there's parts of our journeys where we want to rediscover the things that we put down as we were growing into being adults. Like for me, I'm so happy when I play ping pong. If I can make time to play that once a month or once a week, I, I believe my fulfillment, my bucket will be filled and, and, I think I'll do better at work because I'm making time for me. Um, so that's what I'm really conscious of is having more space in my head and on my schedule to, um, to feel human. And I, I think I put a little bit of that aside when, when things were really taken off. But again, when I, when things were really taken off, I didn't have much responsibilities or too many other passions. It was t-shirts, t-shirts, t-shirts. And now, um, I just want to hang out with my, my twin daughters and, and I want to, um, eat some good cheese and, and that's, uh, that's really all I need. That's awesome. And, and I think like your approach to marketing, I mean, your, your product lends itself to, you know, word of mouth. And I think that kind of word of mouth style of, of, uh, of marketing also probably gives you a little bit more flexibility to, to do what you want to do over the course of a, of a day or, or, or a month or a year. Um, so that's been successful for you. 
sort of thinking about, I guess, your past businesses, some of which may have involved some some failure and 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 thinking about what you know about other uh, you know marketing approaches. Uh, you know, what do you think is missing from marketing campaigns that that don't do as well or 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 could have benefited from you know maybe some extra thought or what have you? You know, uh, this is with a lot of things. You know, product development, um, you know, services, uh, marketing. It's just trying to trying to do something different that everyone's doing. So yeah, I have an idea right now for my website, and it's kind of out there. And it definitely doesn't make my um, my coworker comfortable because you know she doesn't like change too much. But I don't know. I feel it. I I have this feeling in my gut that I need to do something different on my website. Uh, so once a week or once every couple of weeks, we open up our vault. We have a thing called the Johnny Cupcakes Vault, and we sell uh, T-shirt designs that are made in limited quantities or old shirts or shirts from my collection that have been sold out for years. And when we put them up online, we only let them be available for 24 hours. They sell so quick, um, you know, but and our, our, our retail store kills it. But sometimes the online store in between those releases and special events, it can be a little bit quiet. So part of me wants to, um, shake things up and I kind of want to only open my online store for one hour once a week and I don't even want to tell people when that hour is and I think <laughs> if I do that if my calculations are correct if my monkey math is correct I think if I do that it could cause more excitement I think we could sell products at a higher price point and make them in, in limited batches and in between those releases, when we're closed, when the online store is closed, I think we're going to get more people signed up for our email marketing because they want to know when when the next drop is, even if they don't buy something, even if it's they're curious or for marketing research purposes. So, yeah, I would say my biggest advice is is just being different. Anyone can sell a T-shirt. Anyone can sell a home or or lease out a commercial building. Um, what are we really doing uh, to make our personalities and our touch uh, be different? Um, and it, I, I think it comes down to creativity and having fun and and um, and taking bold steps to do things different, even if things are going good. We, we don't want to get too comfortable because that's when somebody else can come in and, and kind of steal the, the thunder and lightning. When you say bold step, it also seems like, you know, not be afraid of taking a, a few risks. So certainly like you talk about your your colleague, they may be a little <laughs> hesitant to jump on board with your idea of only opening the e-store for an hour a week or, or whatever the case may be. But it, it sounds to me that as you became more comfortable, I guess, over time, as you're going through your various ventures, uh, that that taking risks and trusting your gut a little bit, um, you're all the more successful for it. And and, and so I, I can imagine that would apply to, you know, other sectors as well, in, in, in including real estate. But I guess has your has your risk tolerance increased over time, or as you say, as your life's matured a little bit, uh, mm. your tolerance for risk maybe uh, dialed back a little bit. I think it's dialed back and a little more calculated. I, you know, I have a lot more to lose now. I, yeah. I um, 
But at the same time, you know, like I signed a 10 year lease on a new store during a war and a pandemic and a potential recession. And I, but I, I would drive to this retail space um, every other day for weeks, uh, even a few months actually. And I would record how many people walk by and what days get the most foot traffic and what blocks and what side of the street. And I, I knew I just had to sign this lease. And so it was a big risk, but it was a little bit more calculated. I, I eased into it. Um, but yeah, that to answer your question, I think, I think nowadays I, I try to do things a little bit more calculated, but still make time to, um, to be different. Thinking about maybe what you're seeing, I, I, I don't know about your direct competition or just in other sectors that uh, that you're familiar with. Like, what are some new innovations that you're seeing in in, in brand marketing that excite you and, and sort of get you thinking about? Well, you know, how could I put my own sort of stamp on 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 these types of ideas? Because I think they're pretty smart or, or pretty innovative. Yeah, I I've seen a lot of people use SMS texting. Um, I've signed up for a few brands text messages. I haven't been that impressed because it doesn't feel personal. I have not launched mine yet, but once we start text messaging our customers, you know, I want to text them from the bathroom while I'm brushing my teeth and say, Hey, I hope you have a great day. Here's a positive quote. I, I found, I, I want to, if I'm going to approach someone in such a way that is so personal, it's going to their phone. Um, I believe I would be doing a disservice if it was too salesy. I would like to give more than take, more than ask from our customers. I, I don't want to. I don't want to tell them about sales all the time. I want to give them ideas and put on little scavenger hunts in the city where we hide T-shirts places. Um, so that's one thing that, I, that I've seen is it, what's hopeful about it is the open rate and click rate for SMS text messaging is so much greater than the open rate and click rate for email because, you know, you've got Gmail. Well, I love using Gmail, but they also launch their promotion tabs and right. they auto filter even the emails that we sign up for. Um, so... That, I mean, that is heartbreaking when you build a really good list and then it starts dwindling day by day. So uh, the text machine is hopeful. Um, seeing how people use videos, like I was mentioning earlier on, on Instagram, um, on TikTok. I was doing, I was nervous to do TikTok. I was like, I don't know, really know how to dance. I'm not going to get this app. You got to be a dancer. I'm going to, I'm going to look like, it, um, you know, an orangutan jumping around, but I I tried it and a couple of our videos got picked up and and I would say have gone viral cuz they either almost hit or went over a million views and a million unique plays um but then I stopped posting every day and I think the algorithm gods have uh, cursed me so I need to win their uh good grace back pretty soon um yeah, those are just a couple things that, that I've yeah. seen. 
I, I I totally understand what you're saying about like email versus uh, versus texting. Like you know, I my own Gmail account. I think of that. And, you know, I, I bought something. I signed up to receive emails. And I had all the best intentions about wanting to get that that correspondence from you know whoever I'd purchased something from. But then it it, it builds over time to the point where your whole inbox is getting filled with the promotions. And so mm. you know you set up a rule and off they go, and then you don't see them again. Versus a text, like I think people are more in tune as they get a text. It must be from someone that wants to get a hold of me. And uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if there's some opportunities there too. Like you know, you have this diverse customer base that that you know, are interested in certain products or certain promotions over time i bet you there's some opportunity for ai there too where you could maybe make your text a little bit more personalized just based on you know your order book and patterns from different uh you know customers and what have you yeah i it sounds like there's going to be room for that um you know i'm not too familiar with it but definitely down to try something new um i do like to bring it back old school and i i, I believe that print is still good if it's done the right way. So I've had some events around Halloween where we sent out postcards to customers. Um, anyone that's purchased from us or purchased and accepted marketing. And I designed or I concepted and had the, the cards designed by my team to look like big tickets to like a circus. So you felt like you had to go to this Johnny Cupcakes Halloween t-shirt release. Uh, on the ticket, I wrote admit five. So it felt like someone could bring five guests with them or four guests with them. Yeah. And I didn't just say their name on the address label. I had auto generated prefixes and suffixes made that were Halloween themed. So instead of Jason Mercer getting something in the mail, it would say Jason Mercer, the vampire slayer or the ghost busting Jason Mercer. And that little detail got people to repost their postcards on social media. And I encouraged a lot of people to bring their cards to redeem them for a prize. And, and uh, it, was, it was nice to see how many people came out. And I'm curious, I'll have to ask them next time, but I'm curious how many of those people got my postcard but have been missing my emails. And, and that's where I can really learn whether or not I should do more print uh, marketing. Um, I do get, I'd love, I mean, I love looking at houses. I look at Zillow uh, and forgive my, um, forgive my, sorry, I'm so burnt out. Forgive me for not knowing this, but in Canada, is Zillow as big as it is here? Uh, certainly some people use Zillow, but also, you know, we have a, a marketing site in, in, in Canada called realtor.ca. People also go to the, the TREB okay. site to, to, to look at listings as well. So, yep. you know, definitely people are, I would say, as interested in looking at what's for sale in their given neighborhood in Canada as they are in the U.S. They may use slightly different channels. but Yeah, here, here I've, I've a, me and a friend of mine, we, we go back and forth. I love using Zillow. He loves using this website, Redfin. Um, every now and then I look at a website called LoopNet, which lets me look at a commercial, commercial properties. Yeah. But, um, I, I, I love looking at property every day and just, I don't know, just dreaming of having another spot or getting a place to Airbnb or, um, just seeing how creative other people are. And I still have that same enthusiasm when I get mail. So I, I think there's always room for realtors to send out, you know, pamphlets of new, new properties or properties that were sold or the most unique properties. And, um, 
and then while you're doing that, you know, tell them a little bit about yourself. Tell them your first concert. Get make a Spotify playlist. Uh, <laughs> you know, get if it's around the holidays, maybe your marketing in December. You include recipes from everybody in your office. Uh, you know, I something like that would make me feel like I know a realtor, and I I would feel comfortable to call them if I needed their services for something. Um, but yeah, I think that's you know it, it's interesting because I think about you know I, I've met I've had the fortune of meeting you know a lot of our seventy thousand members over over time. I mean, I've been at Trev more than a decade, um, and, and also just thinking about the neighborhood I live in, and and it's true. Like you'll have realtors that you know, are very much engaged in the various social media platforms, and they know their market, and they do lots of um, you know really cool and, and innovative things. But at the same time, a lot of them always go back to to you know. You, you look in your mailbox and you see their postcard. You look in your mailbox and see a coloring contest or running for kids in the neighborhood or or mm -hmm. what have you. And I think people are, appreciate that variety and they appreciate that sort of uh, personal touch as well. And I, I think you've answered this last question I have for you to a, to a certain degree, but you know, you've, you've worked a lot with real estate just on your own personal side of things, but also thinking about, you know, your, your businesses opening up new stores and, and, mm -hmm. and what have you, but maybe, you know, a couple pieces of advice maybe to end off on if, if you're a realtor, especially maybe one that's just sort of starting out They're they're, they're just cutting their teeth in the real estate space. And obviously they got a lot to think about from a marketing standpoint, you know, what, what would you, uh, what would you recommend? Hmm. Well, I, you know, I had one person I loved following. I love mid-century modern homes and I found a realtor who just specializes in only those properties. And some people might say she's missing out on trying to do it all and represent every type of property. But I don't know, something about just choosing one type of property to represent made me feel like she was the person to go to for that and I'll remember that forever. Um, so I think maybe specializing in something could help. Definitely being a part of an organization like TREB is, is helpful and in, in using all of its perks and going to the meetings and uh, learning from other people's mistakes and other people's success. Uh, I think if you're just starting out too, you know, look, look up online, see what other, you know, professional networks you can be a part of to go and network. Um, you know, always having business cards on you, getting a nifty business card holder. Again, going back to those details, what can you do to make your card stand out? If it's designed well, if it feels great, somebody that you give it to is going to feel like you mean business because your card has pays that much. You pay that much attention to your business card. And if you pay that much attention to your business card, they might feel like you're going to put that same love, heart, energy and creativity into helping them find their next home or office or helping them sell a place. Um, so yeah, I would, I would focus on that. Obviously, you know, I'm tomorrow I'm getting my new headshots for LinkedIn. So definitely getting uh, updating your headshots, getting your LinkedIn testimonials and LinkedIn recommendations, anyone you've ever worked with, get a recommendation from them because a complete stranger would rather trust another stranger's opinion about you and your services versus someone trusting you what you have to say about yourself. So um, that can be useful and you can always repurpose some of those 
recommendations and testimonials as part of your marketing, as part of your email blasts, as part of your postcards, your mailers, um, you know, things that you put on the footer of your email, uh, just a couple quotes from people you've worked with. And I think that could give you a nice, a nice head start on things. I think that's a really important point to end off on You know, if people see that you're innovative, they see that, you know, you put a lot of work uh, in, into your business and you're always trying to do something unique, then they're going to be more confident that you're going to put that same sort of effort, uh, that same sort of passion into, you know, selling their home or leasing their home or what have you. So, you know, I, I can't thank you enough, Johnny Earl, Johnny Cupcakes for, for sharing your own story, but also, you know, sort of tailoring those insights that, that, that you've come up with over time um, for our, our realtor members in terms of how they could create their own unforgettable customer experiences. So thank you very much. Yeah. And thank you and, and um, much of Canada for letting so many cool films get filmed there. Uh, especially one of my favorite childhood shows, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I don't know if, if uh, I know it was filmed there. I don't know if you watched it growing up, but I used to skip school dances to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark? That's amazing. I, you know, I haven't seen it, but I'll, I'll definitely Lodian. check it out now. Cool. Well, thank you very much. And, and to all those who have been listening, make sure you don't miss another episode. Subscribe to Treb's Ready to Real Estate podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. And we'll see you again next time. That's it for us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media and visit our website, treb.ca. That's T-R-R-E-B.ca to find market insights and more. This has been another episode of Ready to Real Estate. Thanks for tuning in.